we're going to serve one or two forces in the world. And I'm going to take the one who is, gave himself his life for me. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I just want to have a couple of items that I want to make mention of prayer. We found out on Sunday night, um, Brother Dennis Huckaluck, many of you have heard, he was a deacon in this church for many years, but uh, he had a heart attack on Saturday, and he's unconscious. He had just been to visit Brother Joe Perizok, I believe, on the Friday, and I think Brother Dale, you had seen him last week as well, and uh, happened very suddenly in the store, and they had some people help with CPR, they took him to the hospital, he's still unconscious, and as far as I've been able to hear from the brothers there is that he's not in a good shape, his kidneys are failing, and uh, he needs a miracle. So we want to remember him, and we want to remember Sister Donna and the family. Um, also, I just want to make mention about the believers in Ukraine. They are going, undergoing severe, severe trauma, and... Um, there are many of the younger believers have left, but some of the older ones are there, and they don't have work, they don't have jobs, but they need to eat, they need to do things. So we've helped with some funds, we're going to help some more, but they also need our prayers. How many of you have a need tonight? I need thee, I need thee, just sing that. I need thee. Just hold that before the Lord tonight. Let's sing that again. I need you. and now we just come to you before the throne of grace. You said, Lord, we should come boldly before the throne of grace. We have a high priest, O oh Lord, that can be touched, not who is very far off, but a high priest who knows exactly what we're feeling right now, Lord. 
And Father, we come and we lay our burdens before you. We lay all our cares before you. We lay all our needs before you. Father, you are the provider. You are the one that can meet every need. You're the one that can take it and direct it and do the impossible. But Lord, tonight we just come and we bring our needs before you. Remembering Brother Dennis Hakaluk tonight. Lord, as it was said, he needs a miracle. Father, if it's his time, we commit him to you. Let it be known that it was you, Lord. And I pray that you will be in a, there in a special way for their family. But Lord, if it's not his time, may you raise him up, O oh God. May you do the impossible. May you go beyond the doctors. <coughs> Father, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we stand here, we also remember our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Lord, we're here. We have food. We don't think of it all the time. But Lord, we want to remember them and not just remember them in prayer. <coughs> but Lord, whatever we can do, we're asking you that you'll just meet their needs, that you'll make a way for them. Lord, the earth is groaning. Oh, it's groaning, Lord. But Father, you have a people, and I pray that you'd keep a watch over them. Bless us now tonight as we just open the word. We ask you'll direct our thoughts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's all the singing we'll do. Thank you. I'll invite you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> reading from verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the world is failing. Their hearts are failing for fear. There'll be no love left except in the bride of Jesus Christ. No real love. And the power that we have is the power that comes from being connected, as our brother Darren spoke with God. One more scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God bless his word. You may have your seats. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke on a Wednesday on a daily applied faith and we really took faith as a seed and tonight I want to speak on a deliberate applied faith and as a subtitle I want to call this possessing your spirit. I'm going to just take a couple of thoughts from where we were at the last time and we spoke a little bit on <clears throat> faith being an unconscious act. <clears throat> Sometimes he said Brother Branham would say you have faith and you don't even know it. 
our Lord Jesus Christ, he was in a storm and the gale was knocking the boat from one side to the other, but he was standing, whether he was standing in the face of a mess of demons. Now that's a little bit of a southern expression, a mess of demons. But if he was hanging anywhere, it never moved him. He walked right along just as calm and as quiet as he could be. He was simply unconscious of fear, anything around him. So it's an unconscious thing. And we spoke about how you walk and you're just unconscious of criticism or the world or you're unconscious of troubles or things around you. You keep looking to God. You keep your eyes on the goal. Brother Branham would say, I'm positive that many times people will, will try to reach for something if I, and they try to make it something that's far off. But Jesus didn't do it that way. He says, he said he was unconscious of faith. He spoke and he knew it had to be that way. Now, we also took a little bit of time just speaking on faith is a seed, and we need to commit the seed to the ground. And as we commit it to the ground, you do that with the Word of God. You don't dig it up. You just plant it and keep believing it, commit it to Him, and just keep watering it. So you plant it in your heart. You say, God, you gave me this. You gave me this scripture, and you hang on to it. You know, prayer is not so much as begging and pleading God, but it's reminding God of His Word, saying, Lord, you said in your Word. And God loves to hear that. He loves to hear when we come to Him and say, you're my Father. You spoke this to me. You started me on this journey. You will take me through. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what's here. But you said, you're the Alpha. You're the Omega. You're the beginning. You're the ending. That's what God loves to hear. He doesn't like it when we, we complain and we moan and, Lord, I'm, I'm this and this. And, but he wants to hear faith. So a seed needs to be committed. And he says, just leave it with God. God will make it grow. You know he will. We have to take him at his word. And Brother Branham would go on further and he would say, every time you look at your symptoms, you're delaying your healing. Wow. Every time you look at your symptoms, you're delaying your healing. Don't dig it up. He committed to him that has promised to heal, him that heals. Commit it to him. Now, I want to just use this, and I didn't maybe get this far in the last service, so I'm going to pick this up a little bit. But Brother Branham talks now, you have a seed, you commit it to the ground, and, and, and he says now, you look at an apple tree or any other kind of tree, and whatever we call it, it started as a little sprig, a little tree but every apple that was ever going to be on that tree was on it, was in it from the beginning. And, and we never expected we would be here in 2022. We never expected that our journey of faith would take us through all the things we've gone. But yet as we've stepped along the way, we have been able by the grace of God for faith to begin to blossom out. 
faith to begin to move. Faith does not stagnate, but it, it keeps going, and, and we don't always realize that. So Brother Manum would just say that little, that apple tree has a potential for hundreds of bushels of apples. But he said, it's in it then. Now, we don't know what's in us. You know, and, and so we need to just stay where God is moving, where he's flowing. Now, he says this, he said, now, this tree, all it has to do then, you have to do is water it, and it's got to drink. The leaves are in it, the apples are in it, but it's got to drink. Now, it, it, faith isn't just, you know, I've got faith and I'm going to hang on till the rapture, but you've got to keep feeding it. You've got to keep watering it because the world is changing. Therefore, our faith has to increase to match what the world is bringing against us. And, and the word we've been given, I, I, I don't know of a message on the face of the earth that has life in it that's appropriate for the day and the hour that we live in. I'll tell you what, we thought it was tremendous in, 19, in the 60s if we were around then. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'll tell you, you look, you look at it, and as you see events pass, it is becoming more and more real. There is life in this message. There's a lot of men that have commentaries and ideas, but I'll say this, every time I see a fulfillment, modern events are made clear by prophecy. By prophecy. God foreset it would be here. And he also said we would be here. And I say I want to I stay in that channel. I want to stay in that zone. So he said it's got to drink, and he goes, this makes this statement, it's got to drink more than its portion. We, we have this week, um, a number of brothers have left already for the meetings in Saskatchewan. The others would be going yet. And, you know, it seems like you go from that meeting to this meeting to that meeting, and, and people say, is that all you do, go to meetings? It's life to us. <laughs> It's more than life to us. What do you do between the meetings? Well, I listen to tapes, and I fellowship around the Word, and I do things, and I'll tell you what, it's life to us, and it's wonderful. It's, it's the greatest walk there is. It's not a chore. Yeah, sometimes you got to, you know, you know, put aside things that are out there to stay focused, and, and, and we'll get to that in a minute here. But we got to keep watering it with faith, pu pushing out. When Christ is planted in our heart, the only thing we need to do is drink in the Word of God, and it pushes out salvation. It pushes out divine healing. It pushes out glory. It pushes out everything that we have need of when we're planted in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to take this a little bit to another level, and, and I want to speak on applying faith, because we can say, I've got faith, and you know, it's such a generic term. Are you in the faith? Yeah, I'm in the message. What does that mean? Is the message in me? Is it living out? Is it working its way out? Yeah. I, I, you know, we, we don't want to just be generic. I think we've got to dig a little further than just common message phrases. We've got to go beyond just the cliches. And I've got to say, what is it? What does it really do? And what's it doing in my daily life? Yeah. <coughs> Now, 
Brother Branham now talks about application a little bit. And, and this is in the message, Thy House. Now, I was going to speak several months back, and that was actually the night that Brother Harold passed, and I had some quotes from this message, and maybe I'm coming back to him, but we played that tape. And I, I want to just take this, because that to me has been a tremendous thought. So Brother Adam would say, Job took an act that was the very thing God told him to do, and he offered a burnt offering that was righteous. And he saved Job and his house. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and thy and thy house will be saved. Now, we we understand from the token message, and 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 this is a phrase from the token, but I I believe if if there's ever been an hour that we need to have the token, it's now. If you go back to Egypt, you know, all of the plagues were separated by geography. The land of Egypt, the land of Goshen. But the last plague fell on everyone. Listen, it fell on everyone. Those in the land of Egypt, those in the land of Goshen. And the protection was not the geography. And if I can say it this way, our protection is not the geography or the dwelling of a message church, but our protection is that which is inside of us, which is living in us. That's our protection. We are living in a neurotic world. And we can say, that's out there. And, and people are neurotic and they're nervous and they're doing things and we act, sometimes we make a big mistake when we act, that's out there and we're in here. No, we actually are affected by the neurotic world around us. And we can let it affect us more and more unless we are taught to be able to arm ourselves against it. And that's my goal a little bit here tonight. So I want to just, just take that. So Brother Branham will say, apply it, the token, Believe it. And now he says this. Clean up. Let your children, let your family, let your loved ones see it in you. That's right. And it will take effect. Apply the token. Now, we're talking about applying faith. Now, you can say, I got faith. It's unconscious. And you know, the one thing about faith sometimes is you don't know you got it until faith, until trouble arises. And when trouble arises, all of a sudden you realize what I was feeding on. All of a sudden you speak words and you do things and say, oh, all of that, what I was preparing for, has prepared me for this hour. But now we need to take that faith. And, and if, before I finish this quotation, Brother Branham would talk and he said, about himself, I'm believing for my house, and you're believing for your house. So we have faith, but as, as a burden, as, as faith and the spirit that we have within us, and, and, and we know because we've been born again, and where there's a new spirit, there's a Holy Ghost inside, a Holy Ghost that sighs and cries when, when you see others that are not in that channel. And, and it sighs and it cries and there's a burden. And, 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 and when you have that, 
You know you've got something, but you want to see others get it too. So now you need to, you make an effort by how you project yourself and how you influence others and, and how you talk and, and you want to show them. You want to say, this is life, not that out there. So he said, you're believing for your house. By believing that we trust God, God imputes our faith. He did it to Abraham and Job for their righteousness. So the righteous life of Abraham and Job actually was imputed to the generations that followed them. Now, the Bible also says God will visit the sins, the iniquity of the fathers on the children. So you, you, you watch, a child that's grown up in a good home has a far better chance of turning out right than one that doesn't. So he'll say, so it's allotted to us, that's how thou and thy household will be saved. Now, Brother Branham would go in this message and, and he will say, I'm holding, it's a wonderful thing, I'm holding for every brother. I'm, I'm not only holding for that, like he said, he said all his own brothers. My sister, I'm not holding for that, I'm holding for every person that's in the church. I'm holding for all of you. I want you to hold for me because that's the righteousness of faith. I, I, I am more conscious than ever of, of the spirit world around us. As it comes against us, against our home, against me, I'm, I'm more conscious of it than ever. And I'm also conscious of my weakness sometimes. And I'm thankful that, there, that, that there's armament or protection in my home that, that keeps me from things. That's called applying the token. Not having temptations within your home. Not having things that, that, that will cause you to be weak. And then beyond that, also having friends and, and having brothers and sisters. And, and I've noticed sometimes, maybe in a moment of temptation, all of a sudden I get a text or I get a phone call. And then I realize it's a part of the body working, maybe unconsciously, for another part of the body. Just that sometimes you get that feeling to pray for somebody or pick up the phone and call somebody. You don't know what that's doing. So it's an applied faith. You're, you're applying it. You're putting it out there. You, you got faith. You know, how do you know you're saved? Because I believe I'm saved. I, God, God dealt with me. I believe I'm saved. That gives me faith to, to apply it to other things. So I'm, I'm not just walking around, hallelujah, I'm saved. No, now I'm actually pushing out. And I think we all need to push out a little bit more. Friends, we, I, we've got some posters and we're going to print some more about, about our meetings and some of you got them already. But I, I, I want us not only to be praying for the meetings, we all know somebody that needs God. We all know somebody that God could move on. And I think we, <coughs> we, may, we may meet people and say, hey, listen, we're having meetings. And, 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 and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It's a big open-air mass in the Commonwealth Stadium. I said, no, that's not the meeting. That, that's, that, that's just the anti-type of the real meeting. And I, and I feel like saying, listen, you, you go listen to that, and you come listen to this if you want. Brother Barry Coffey, he was, 
He wasn't saved. He was a hippie. He had, he had a ponytail and he had hair down to whatever. He was raised Catholic and, and he, he traveled the Far East. He took a Volkswagen van and he drove for three months through Iran and Iraq and you could still do that in that time and he traveled to the Far East and all these countries and then he came back through Europe and he was raised Catholic and he, as he would tell the story in his testimony, he, he came to the, to the Vatican and, and, and here he sat there and he, and he came to the Vatican and, and so happened that people can have an audience of the Pope and, and they had some spaces and Barry was standing there and they said, anybody want to see the Pope? He said, I do. He wasn't saved at the time. He raised Catholic. This was, wow, this is going to be an awesome experience. Wait till I tell mom. You know, and, and he, he goes in there and he went into the room and he says, I couldn't remember a word of what he said. First of all, he doesn't speak their language. I couldn't remember a word. It, it wasn't an experience that he hallowed because of how it affected him. But he said years later, he was in an apartment and somehow he heard a word next door, somebody playing a message tape. And he opened the door and the first time he heard that voice, he said it resonated inside. That was reality. More than that meeting with the Pope ever was. That's the power of the voice of God that we're under. I don't know how I got on that channel. <coughs> our meetings. We'll have some little five-by-sevens, and you want to hand them out, we're going to give them to you. You can hand them out. Meet somebody and say, hey, we're having meetings. I, I feel like we need to. A church that's growing is a church that's not stagnant, but it's reaching out. It's doing things. And we need to do it within our community, within those that we need. So let's not just, let's not just make it a missions program. You know, distribute tracts. Let's pray about who we give them to. Let's pray and say, Lord, use this. Now, is that good? Just keep your focus. The next month, we're, we're actually one month away. One month tomorrow will be the start of our meetings. I, I, wanna, I just want to be focused. I said, Lord, whatever you want to do, I want to be there. I want to be in the channel. And if I have to set my face... You know, it doesn't mean you, do, you don't do things. You do things, but little prayer, Lord, what can I do? Who can, I, who can you help? And whatever you can do. So that's good. That's just, a, that's just a, you know, they have a movie. They do what's called a trailer. That's the trailer for, for, for just the adver advertisement. So Brother Lamb says, I'm holding for every person in this church. And he says, I'm praying God will save these teenage children, and I believe with all my heart he'll do it. In another place, Brother Branham would, would say, I he I've heard people say, oh, these kids are renegades. He said, you're doing wrong. He said, you've got to believe those kids are the best kids there are. And you need to treat them as the best kids they are. Friends, beneath every life, beneath the surface of every life, there is complexities, there is things. I, I feel like we need to go beneath the surface. I feel we need to dig beneath. And, you know, I, 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 I don't, I, man, I don't want to get into this channel, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear, I'm here. We've seen, we've, we've, maybe I've been guilty, we've all been guilty of sometimes just dismissing it and assuming everybody in the church is getting it. Not everybody's getting it. 
And, 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 and sometimes even within our own home. You know, I, I'm aware of, of, of a family, you know, a husband and you know, just, just lived in a spiritual realm. And, and, and one day the wife asked a question and said, you know, what about this? What about this? And he said, just get a revelation. What, a, what, a, what an abject failure of addressing a need within a home. They're not even together anymore. I, I think, you know what, you, you, you really want to, you, you, you got young children or something, you know one of the best things to do is get down to their level. They got racing cars, get down on the floor and race with them. That, that, that's the thing we got to do. Don't, don't stand up here, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid. No, get down there. Show them you're interested. Be a part of their lives. I, that's the token applied. It's not just, just sitting up here and, and condescending down. You know, oh, they're there. They're there. No, under every life, beyond our mind and its thinking, there's a God who needs to get in there and penetrate. And we need to open those channels and open those doors. <coughs> I really have said, how can I be better? I said something come up the other day, and even though I felt maybe I, I, I didn't have an ought in the situation, I had to step back and say, now how did that look? I said, I can be better. I'll tell you what, if, if any of us, any of us, from here to down there stops growing, stops being humble enough, I'll tell you, we've missed something. We had the greatest example of a prophet who humbled himself, even to possums, you know, where God had to teach him a lesson. Uh, may God teach us that we can just be at the level. He can use us for somebody. I'm, I'm just going out into my, my. Okay. <coughs> Brother Bram says, I'm praying God will save these teenage children. Though I may pass on before they do, somehow before they leave here, God will twist them right down the trail. I believe that. He'll make it so miserable for them till they'll have to do it. Because that's the way I believe it. Thou and thy house shall be saved. And then he tells a story. He says how he comes into many meetings and he said, I've seen sometimes an old, rough old boy come down and kneel at the altar and go on his knees and crying and get up and said, I had a dear old mother. And he said, it's her prayers that are still following you. It's her faith that's still following you. God knows how to work. He knows how to do things. Listen, this just, while I'm in this vein, let's just take this. 1 Corinthians 7. <clears throat> we'll skip a scripture here already, Brother Mark. 1 Corinthians 7. This, I've thought of this. And, and I just want to use this for a moment. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 12. Now, Paul is speaking to a situation here, and I'm just going to use this for a moment because we need to know what we have got. The devil is constantly undermining us, saying, you know, you, you, who are you and, and what do you think you are? But we need to recognize what we've got within us. And we need to, with faith, apply it. Let it come out. So Paul would say here in, in, in verse, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 12, But to the rest speak I, not the, not the Lord, sorry, speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife, now Paul says, I'm saying this, but not the Lord, but at the end he says, but I have the Spirit of Christ. 
And he says, if any brother has a wife that believes not and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Now, this is, this is interesting because sometimes that can be a really difficult thing in a home. And the woman which has a husband that believes not, and if it be ple- he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Just Let's just think about this. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Questions and answers. They ask, they ask Brother Branham the question, and they, they talk about this, and, and, and they say, and question, Brother Branham, my husband and I don't see alike on the Bible. The truths that you preach, he doesn't understand. Should I go with him to the churches when I don't believe their teaching? I'm very troubled about this. Yes. If you are a wife to this husband and he don't condemn you, you mustn't condemn him because the husband is sanctified by the wife. I believe if he goes to a denominational church or something and he wants you to go down there with him, you see, if you don't be, see, there's nothing that can harm you because you're going to listen to what they're saying anyhow. Yes, you've done and you don't believe they're preaching. It isn't going to harm you, but you're showing respects to your husband. Isn't this amazing? You're yielding yourself to him. Now, in, in one place, you can carry such a religious attitude, you actually drive him away. Amen. Or you can be salty. Now, just let, let me finish this here. And he'll say, now, if they teach and do things there, you, 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 you're taught higher things, you be salty. He'll see and come to the Lord. I believe he would go ahead. I, I was just... Talking to a, to, well, I, 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 I'm going to get distracted. Let me read one more question. Brother Branham, I have sec- accepted God's message of today and also our son, and both have been baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ. My husband hasn't accepted the message and is fighting this message. And he has influenced our son and has taken him to a Methodist church. He wants me to go with him to the church when we are, no, when we are not in service here at the tabernacle. Would it be right for me to go with him, or would it be better to stay out of that denomination? Now, sister, this is in 1964, in case you need a date. He says, she never signed her name. Perhaps you're listening. If you don't know it, you'll hear it on the tape. Go with your husband. What is it? We're getting down to their level. We're applying our faith. We're, We're letting it be this. He said, now, and he says... He says, now, go with your husband, but don't be partakers of what they're doing. You're supposed to love your husband, and love is what it does. Just be real salty. He'll get thirsty if there's something in him. Don't join their denomination. Stay away from that denomination. Don't join it. Go to it. There's a difference. He says, now, if you can't get a whole loaf, get a half. If you can't get a half, get a slice. But that's the way you win your husband by doing it. Don't be arrogant. Then he'll know he's got just as much as you have. See, but when you show him that you have something he doesn't have, that'll make him thirst to be like you. Now, I, I, I don't know if you've all heard this story, but this is on the Hughes girl. You don't know who the Hughes girl is. Okay, I'm going to share it with you. 
Little lady in the church, okay, now just, I'm using this example, I'm tying it right in the same thing. Little lady in the church, a fine girl, she had long hair, hair pulled back, you know, and he says, like the slick of a peeled onion nearly, and her face looked no makeup on, and the girls used to make fun of her, said, if you didn't have that flat-headed preacher up there, you wouldn't, you would look like something decent, but you look like you came out of an antique shop. Now, now, they're making fun of a godly girl. And he says, now, she really just got raked over the coals. And they said, our pastor is broad-minded. Why do, they, why do you do it like that? And he says, now, this little girl, she never paid any attention to him. And he said, she's a missionary now. But this other young lady that would always make fun of her, she took a social disease and he says, a, a friend of, and she eventually died. She, a friend of mine was pumping the embalming fluid in her. She, and after he was dead, he kept smelling the fluid. Uh, the disease had eaten a hole in her side, and even her parents didn't know what was wrong with her. And he said, she taught Sunday school. All of that little Sunday school group, they went off. They went, whenever they went to see her, the angels came, packed her away, and her pastor was outside smoking a cigarette, walking up and down, and they were all going to sing when she was going to die. They know she had to die. The doctor said she was dying, but now she had to face reality. Now, I, I want you to think about this. You and I are going to face reality. You might say, well, I'm not in a denominational church. I'm in this church. We're not talking about sitting in this church. We're talking about being in Christ. We're talking because even within the realms of this church, you can allow your carnal flesh to make fun of somebody who's just a little more spiritual. And you got to be careful because that is dangerous grounds. A little snide remark, a little this, a little that. And listen, God sees it all. Okay, we can give grace because not everybody's mature, but we want to mature. We want to be taught right. So here's just, let's look at this. He says, now, and, and, and when she finally came to die, her struggle, death struck her, struck her, her eyes bulge out. Now, she had an opportunity to meet Jesus, but she turned him down. Now, as she's dying, she's not seeing Jesus. She's seeing judgment. She is seeing blackness. And she's saying, I'm lost. Go get the pastor. And he says, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Get the doctor to give a hypo. Now listen to her words. Listen to her words. I don't want no hyper. Hypo, you deceiver of man. I'm dying and I'm going to hell. And I'm lost because you failed to tell me the truth. Now she didn't cry out, Go get Brother Branham. Go get Brother Neville. No, that wasn't what she said. Go get that little good Hughes girl. Bring her up to me real quick. She is right. She never preached the service, but she lived a life. And the life is what draws. The life is what brings people to Christ. Let's put on the life of Christ. It might not be popular. But it's still the biggest attraction that there is. Amen. Now, let's just, where are we at? Okay. Some of this we'll have to carry over to Sunday. My, my subtitle here is Possessing Your Spirit. The spirit world around us, friends, we are seeing... Sometimes just, I just was out with my mother today, had to take her out on an errand, 
We stopped and I took her out for coffee and standing there, this guy walks into the restaurant and I'll tell you, it was like he was on the edge. And I, my mom watched him and I watched him and I thought, if he starts looking the wrong way, I'm doing something, you know. But you just, you just knew there was another spirit that was right there. It is all around us. Now, I, I believe we can't be, one of the biggest mistakes we can make, you can say, I'm in the message and it's going to be okay. That's a big mistake. You can have the Holy Ghost, but your flesh still has roots in this world. Your spirit, by nature, still gravitates to the world. And you need to do everything you can. Now, now what's in your soul, the nature of your soul, will express itself through your spirit, not just through your flesh, not just dress right, act right, do right. No, it'll be through your spirit realm too. How you talk, how you respect, how you act, the tone of voice you use. It, it, listen, it's real. Brother Branham said the success of his meetings was that people know that I love them. And they can sense that. You can't fool that. And I, and I said, people know when we just take on a religious spirit or when we actually mean what we say. And you know what? It actually has an effect. Now, I want you to have faith in that. I want you to believe that. And I want us to give ourselves to that. Because that's what's going to fight the devil back. That's the token. So now Brother Branham will, will talk, and, and I'm just going to finish the quote on the token that I was going to share here earlier, and he'll talk about it, and he'll say, he'll say it this way. Now, there's, I actually have a few, and I, I just want to read. Apply the token in prayer. Now, one of the things we can, we can say is, I think we need to make an atmosphere that is open in our homes and in the church and say, you know, sometimes we, the world puts so much pressure, you got to be this. You go on social media and there's pressure, somebody posts a nice picture, I got to post a nice picture. You know, how many pictures sometimes does it take to get one picture on social media? You may have to discard 20 that you didn't want to show other people because there's pressure to show the nice one. Now, that's a pressure. But what about how you really are? Is that the real you? That, that not one nice picture where you happen to hit all the teeth sparkling and, and everything was right and not a hair out of place and everything this way. That, that took a lot. Well, that's the pressure in the world. And that pressure leads to depression. It leads to disappointment. It leads to, I'm not good enough. It leads to hopelessness. It leads to, it, it, there's a cycle there. I, I want to I go down this road. Not today, but I'm going to go down this road. Because the enemy is there to bombard us continually. Now, we need to leave an atmosphere. We, we can make it such, you're in the message. This is the third pull. It's the greatest message that's ever been. And we leave no room for stumbling or failure. When we're all going to stumble. Minister, every one of us is going to stumble. And if we don't learn that it's all right to stumble, but you just got to get up again and just keep going on. And when you stumble and fall, it's good to talk to somebody sometimes. 
And, and you know how you can, you know, God will never condemn you for being a sinner. Never. He'll condemn you for remaining a sinner. He'll never condemn you for little secret faults. He'll condemn you for continuing to hide secret faults. And, and you know, the way you can overcome it, you don't have, you know, you, you can have sin, but you don't have to live with the condemnation of sin. Because the sin can be erased when you get on your knees and say, Lord, I didn't mean to do that. And you can get up from there, even though everybody said, I saw him do it, but they don't know that God has already wiped it off the record book. And I think we need to leave an atmosphere that's open where somebody can come up here and say, Brother Ed, or be it in your home, be it in the church, Brother Ed, I don't understand this. I don't know if I've got this. Right. And everybody goes, oh, no, that's a good thing. Let's talk about things. Let's, let's see where we're at. Let's not leave it out there. You know, the pressure builds, 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 and finally it gets to such a place, I gotta get, I gotta go up to the altar. No, you can do that service by service. You can say, Lord, help me. Build my faith. Let me apply it. Let, let, it, let it be an atmosphere. Mom and dad, when I get home, I feel like I'm, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with it? I believe that's how we need to operate. That's the atmosphere we need to create. Not an atmosphere where, you know, how dare you use this and how dare you go there. No, that, that's an atmosphere of fear. God's not given us the, the power, like fear, like how Satan would up, but the power of love and a sound mind. And I think we need to apply it. Hey, how many have done it wrong? Two hands up here. How many want to do it better? Two hands up here too. How many times have we looked down on somebody, you know, and, and looked down on them because they're not where I am. Ah, oh, I am up here. You got weaknesses too. Turn around your backside and get another mirror and look behind you. You got weaknesses too. It's not what we put out the front side. But I, I think we need to have an atmosphere that allows God to move continually. You know, don't let the pressure build. Say, listen, why, why, you know, sometimes we get to a place and we, we let it go so far, and then it's almost like, help! When it could have been as simple as, this seems to be a trend, it's going the wrong way. Mom, Dad, could, could you help me with this? Is there what suggestion you have? I was not even serving the Lord, but I knew enough that I had a godly mother. And when I went to school, and I had an exam. I made a point before I left out the door that morning. I said, Mom, I've got an exam today. And I knew she would pray. Now, that was operating before I was ever saved. But that was what the life that was lived at home. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. And can we all say, yeah, help, us, help me, Lord Jesus. I, I, I need that. Listen, this is on, on a simple down-home level, but I let it work in our lives. You know, that devil, he'll come, you know, the first thing he'll do is he'll, he'll start out with just a little disappointment. I'm in the message, I'm never disappointed. <laughs> hey, if people don't disappoint you, you'll disappoint yourself. And we're all in the flesh, and we'll all say something, and we'll all do something, and we'll all get our healing, feelings hurt. You turn that around, you get your healings furt. 
but your, your feelings hurt. So, listen, and then if you allow the disappointment, what's the first thing the devil does? Aha. Uh-huh. And then he'll say, hmm, they don't really like you. Huh. They don't like me. Listen, do you want me to give you an example here? I'm going to give you an example. Brother Branham, you know how he grew up, right? Pretty rough background. You know, people didn't want to hang around him. Kids didn't want to hang around him, didn't want to be a part of him. And he says, this is Brother Branham. Message is called perfect faith. He says, I get spells too. You know, I get moody. Now, his soul is still good. The gift still works. But his spirit, Satan was attacking his spirit. What did Brother Branham do when he, when he met people in a prayer line? He contacted their spirit. And when he could get their spirit to recognize there's a Holy Spirit, quite often, you take the, th- the quotes he has about you're under a cloud. You're under this. Why? Their spirit was so wrapped up in something. Some complex, something, something or other. I, I have numerous ones. I'll, I, I won't try and dump the whole boatload and just leave a little scattering. I, I'll take time because this is a level we're all fighting at. I fight at. Now here's the messenger of Malachi 4. The voice of Revelations 10.7. Speaking. And the voice that that was going to give a rapturing faith message. And he's talking about himself. I get spells too. I get moody. I get to a spot when I get overworked and Satan comes telling me, nobody cares for you. And he was susceptible because of the scars from his childhood. Now, we have, all have different scars. You really don't have a friend in the world, see? And now listen, here's Brother Branham. You'd think, that didn't bother me at all. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. I'm not immune. That's what he said. I got to overcome that. So, so here's disappointment. Oh, that person disappointed me. I had I, looked up to them, and I, I thought more of them than they're thinking of me right now. So before you know it, disappointment turns to discouragement. And discouragement, you, you don't walk into church the same way. You don't clap the same way. And after a while, it's now disappointment, discouragement. Now it's despondency. What was that? What was that? pilgrim the sea of despondency was it what was it like he couldn't get out of that himself you get into that sea of despondency you need somebody to pick you up brother Ed, why are you preaching this because that's the devil that we all battle despondency and finally the last thing is depression the four d's yeah disappointment discouragement despondency depression You know what? There's five D's actually. You know what the fifth one is? It's called deliverance. (laughs) So whenever you get to that one, I can get delivered of that. 
But why do we need to let it go from that level to that level to that level? See, you don't just slide into it. You open up to it. And so you got to tell that devil and stand toe to toe. Now, watch how Brother Branham overcome it. Watch how he overcame it. He said, I'm not immune to this. So then I have to look at something else. And he talks about people that drove all the way from Georgia to Jeffersonville 15 hours to come to the meeting. Satan, what about these people? And they stayed for the evening service too. There's a little drop in there. They stayed for the evening service too. Knowing they'd have to drive all the way back home that night and be at work in the morning. Hey, the Queen of Sheba came three months. Just, just dropping that in, just, just, uh, just in case that affects anybody. You know. So he says, now I said, Satan, what about that? And, 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 I, and, I, and I start to say, now, what about this person that was healed? You know, sometimes people just come, Brother Branham, I've got a need, I've got a need, I've got a need, I've got a need. And, and they, they come, they, they're prayed for, and, and, and everybody comes, and they're prayed for, and then they leave, and they don't say a word about it. You know what's really helpful sometimes? When somebody comes back and say, by the way, God delivered me. You know what that does? That helps the preacher say, I'm going to press in harder. You know what helps your children? Not when you slap them and say, you're no good for nothing. No, when you say, I know you stumbled. Here, let me help you. Let's try it this way. And then when you say that, hey, you're doing pretty good. Do you know that actually encourages them? Now, if they're... 20 years old, that's maybe different. But if they're this little, right? You can, you can say that. So it's not how long you make the battle last, but it's now poking back at the devil, say, hang on a second. And you say, well, I, I'm not a preacher, brother. Yeah, I'm a housewife. Well, housewife, hey, listen, I've got a nice family, Satan. They love me. And I'm here for them. And I may not be a preacher. I may not do all these other things. But I'm here and they're serving God. How about that, devil? How about doing that? And when you start to do these things, and then Brother Branham said, and when he did all of these things, then he left me. (laughs) Then he left me. You can punch punch a hole in his sail just like that. There goes the balloon. He's not as, I, I think we ought to just say, and I think we need to help one another. If you see somebody that hasn't been around, call them, encourage them, lift them up. And I say for ourselves, let's, whatever way we are, you know, if, if we're just prone to, to, to shirk back, step up once in a while. If, you're, if you're, you find it difficult just to, to love a little bit, say a nice word. Oh, I'm not an emotional person. You know, and these people are always emotional in church. You know, Brother Ben had that kind of complex about the sister dancing in the aisle. And he thought, huh. And he said, I was sitting in the seat of the scorner. You know how he overcame it? By tapping his foot. You know how it ended? He was sitting on the pulpit with his legs, his pant legs rolled up. Oh, that was in 1953, Brother Ed. Yeah, it didn't happen. (laughs) Listen. Let's be Christians. Let's be real. We got something that the world doesn't have, and it's a reality, and it's a power, and we can use it. And I say this, let's use it. My, my, my. You know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to close the service early just to tell you it can be done. Let's have the musicians come. Listen, is that all right? Well, the biggest clap of the night. Brother Ed, you did it. I didn't think you could do it. Yes, I can. I, I, I feel like I just got that point, and you need to stay there and dwell on that. And I'll leave the rest for Sunday. But I think we need to walk in what we just heard tonight and say, I'm not going to let that devil poke holes at me. I'm not going to let him poke holes in my family. I'm not going to let him do these other things. But I am going to be a Christian. Because I've got something that the world can't give. And and, and nobody's going to take it away from me. Let's stand together. i got something that the world can't give. Let's sing that. I I said it now three times. Faith comes by hearing. It means we're going to sing it. Is that all right? Well, I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Well, I've got something that the world can't give and it keeps me day by day. Well, I've got something we're talking about makes me sing and it makes me shout. Well, I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. That the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Well, I've got something that the world can't give and it keeps me day by day. Well, I've got something we're talking about. Makes me sing and it makes me shout. I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Well, if I was a song leader, I'd have another song. There's nothing like an old-time Christian. Would that, would that work? Something like that? It's not probably the key that we were just in, but that's okay. And I'd rather be an old-time I'd rather be an old-time okay. Christian. Yeah. I'd rather be an, an old-time, old-time Christian, Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking on the grand old highway There's this brother we were fellowshipping with yesterday. He goes to another assembly. We were just talking, and they, the brother is he's a believer. He's been a believer many years, and some of his family, they came up for a, a, uh, they heard about the church, and they came up for a funeral, and they were there. And, but the brother's wife is not a believer, and they always took his, him to be the same as his wife because she, she just wasn't, she didn't portray it. He's still believing. He's still holding out. And they said, does she go to your church? No, she doesn't go. Do you, do you go to that church? Oh, we always thought that that whole church was like that. Well, come and see. It's not what we think it is sometimes. You know what? The church isn't all like beat down, beat down, beat down. The church is, let's lift up. Let's, let's tell the good news. Let's tell who we are. Let's show what we got. Let's, let's build one another up. I, 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 I want to 
I want to encourage one another. I want, to, want, want it to be a light. You know, let, let, let it shine. Here's, here's, here's a song we'll sing. This little light of mine. I'm going to shine it. Is that all right? And when we get to the part about shine it all around Edmonton, even if you live in Mill Woods <laughs> or St. Albert or somewhere outside, just, just lift it up anyway, okay? Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> this little light of mine, well, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, well, I'm going to let it shine. And this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. preached a message. It's called God's Billboard. You know what God's Billboard is? A Christian. And a Christian sings and is smiles and is happy. Some of our billboards are kind of sagging. <laughs> Listen, I could have had Brother Max up here with his joy shoes on tonight. That, that might have encouraged somebody. But you know what? It's a billboard, and, and, and it shines, and it, it, it does something, and it comes out, and it, it, it shows. You know, you know, the best advertisement for the, for the company, you know, is, 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 is show that it works. All right? Just, just saying that. Okay, now we're getting to the favorite part. You've all wanted. This is a chance for all you outer-towners, acreager owners, and different places. Shine it all around Edmonton. Are you ready for this? And you've got to lift your hands. You've got to do some actions. This is, this is a, a billboard that, that, that has something to it. I know you're tired. This is part of the, the faith that comes by hearing. Brother Darren spoke on singing. 
does something. See, see how faith is working already? So let it, let it work a little further, okay? All right, let's sing it. Shine all over Edmonton. I'm gonna let it shine. 